Welcome to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast, the podcast that shows you how to build a world-class service business from the dirt up. And now your host, Mark Stoner. Good morning, Blue Collar Gold Podcast. better believe it. I am down here on a scuba vacation. Uh, I was with a group that was coming on a one-week vacation, and my buddy invited me to it. And I said, sure, I'll come. I've got another buddy who likes to dive. So I invited him, and then my wife was going to come too, and then we're all three going to be in one room. They opened up a second week of diving, and I... Uh, my son got scuba certified and my wife and some other friends. So they're, one group of friends is leaving. Another family group is coming next week. So I'm here for two weeks. So I'm doing the, the uh, podcast from my hotel room at the Sun Breeze in San Pedro Island. And man, it has been awesome. I would have never thought something like this could be, you know, could really happen especially like in the chimney business and the chimney business has changed dramatically over the years. But, you know, what's happening is amazing, you know, diving, scuba diving with these sharks down here with these turtles. And we dove the great blue hole in Belize. And if you don't know what that is, just Google it real quick and see what the great blue hole is. And we dove that yesterday. It's basically a 400 foot collapsed cave. 400 feet deep. Now, if you don't know anything about scuba diving, it's super deep. Most scuba diving is about 60 feet from the surface, and then a deep dive is about 100 feet. We went to 140 feet, and down at 130 to 140 feet, there's these gigantic stalactites hanging in the water that are up to 130 feet long, and they are, you know, probably four to seven feet diameter it's just amazing and you can swim through them and it was just incredible and there's there's quite a few sharks down here and today we dove and it was more sharks than i've ever seen and they were all around us and and at times it gets kind of creepy they're probably five to six foot reef sharks so they're not giant like a great white great white or some kind of hammerhead or something huge but they're still when there's a lot of them swimming around you and they are a shark it's kind of scary but one of the cool things i didn't realize how friendly nurse sharks are and they kind of look like a big catfish shark but they like to be petted and they come up and they follow us around and they like to rub their faces on you and I've got a pretty cool picture of two of them rubbing their faces on my GoPro camera. And like yesterday, we went to a place where the divers know the grouper that are sitting. You know, they, they're used to people so much that these grouper would literally let you pet them and hug them. Like our our guy kissed the grouper, hugged, you know, pulled, put the grouper up like, like a little baby and held it. And the group are just liked it and stayed there and kind of followed us around. And it's really neat to see, you know, these guys who are doing this every day interact with the sea life and protect them and really, uh, you know, watch out for the reef and the environment. Uh, today, there's also an invasive species of fish on the reef called a lionfish. And it has not very many predators and it's, it's really bad for the environment. So they hunt these lionfish 
with spears and then they feed them back to the sharks or you hunt them. There's some big, huge hunting goes on with lionfish around the country to, to reduce its, its uh, wear and tear on the, on the reefs and on the ecosystem. But today was the first day I actually shot some with a, like a rubber band spear gun. It's kind of like you're shooting a rubber band with a pencil in it. It's got three little barbs on it and you, you shoot these fish and try to take them out of the environment. And then you feed them to the sharks because the sharks really like them. So that's fun. You get them on the end of your spear and then here comes the shark wanting to get it off your spear. And uh, it was just been a great time. I'm down here with my buddy, Jim Brewer, who's been a, a guest of the show. And uh, he's a master diver and he's really very knowledgeable. And I'm with a really great group. And so it's been fun, but it, it also makes me realize you know, why are we all working so hard and why are we, what do you want in life? Um, most people, I think, are, sometimes they don't really know what they want in life. They really don't know what, you know, what they're working for or what a real good goal is for them. They just kind of work to achieve. And, and I think, you know, I'm 54 and some of the things in my life have not panned out and some things have, and it seems the older I get, the more things seem to be working out. And, you know, this vacation is, is a great example of, of things working out and uh, very fortunate and lucky to be born where I was born in the, in the environment we were born. And you also just have to realize how unfortunate other people are. They didn't win the, lottery to be born where they wherever they are they might be trapped in a hellhole they may be trapped in another country and there's not this opportunity in fact most are like that and if anything down here it makes me just realize how lucky and fortunate i am and how lucky and fortunate most of the people i know are but also to just make sure you do good for other people who aren't like i don't know just whatever you can do and there's a i watched a thing today about all these woke people and and their thing was to be critical of other groups, but they're really not helping the group that they're being, you know, they're criticizing one group, but they're really not helping the other group. They're just criticizing the one group, thinking that's helping the other group and it's not. You know what helps other groups? You know, your time, your money, your efforts, your voice, not you know, scolding others for what they're not doing while you're really not doing anything. It's you doing something about it. So today I, uh, you know, I was, I was talking to Jim and he, he talked about a mentor that he knew that had some advice to how to be wealthy in life. And it was surprisingly simple. And I kind of wanted to talk about it because it's not my advice, but it sounds good. I even told it to my daughter, and I can't get it out of my head how simple it is. You know, a lot of us are really into beating ourselves up with businesses. And I watched a friend of mine who read my book, and she's been a friend of mine on Facebook, and I know her her brother well. We grew up together, and she was frustrated. She's got a cleaning business, and she's got like three employees, and they were all off for different reasons today. And now she's got all these customers get taken care of and now she doesn't have any people to work and she's just really frustrated and she posted things like, why do I work so hard? And my advice back to her was, you're just at that super hard stage. I, I told her that, 
I met her or talked to her when she was a one-person operation. And now she's moved into a building and she's got, you know, three to five employees. And she's at a tough stage in her business. And when somebody calls out, you're losing a ton of your of your workforce. And when bad things happen, they're magnified by your size being small. So I was saying, just stay the course. Reread the books that got you here. Re-listen to the audios. Like, this is just another level you have to get through so business becomes good later. And I'll get into that advice from a mentor in a minute. I was just chatting with my daughter before this this podcast, and I just watch her go and do, and she just can't help but be an entrepreneur. She just has to do it. And there's a new uh, hotel opening up in Nashville. It's a pretty famous hotel. People know what it is. And the owner of the international hotel was was in Nashville and had a meeting. And she knew that he was going to be there. And we're also partnered with another company for chocolate. And they're opening up a shop inside there. So she's like, that's the place to be. I've got to get over there. She parked our Poppy and Peep van right in front of the event. Like you couldn't miss it coming in and out of the event. She went in, made sure she said hi, made sure she got to know the people. She knows all the players. And she's just a networking. She's like, that's where I got to be. That's where our brand has to be. And I need to know these people. And whenever I've been with her, she's always had a fascination with who owns the who owns whatever we're in. If it's a restaurant or a business, she always tries to seek out the owner and go talk to them and get to know them. So whenever you travel around with her in Nashville, when she goes into a place, she knows the people who own it and she knows the people who run it. And I think it's just an amazing little she's just been fascinated with that always about not the people waiting on you and not the decor or anything. She's like, who owns this? Especially if she likes it. She gets to know them. And I, I think it's just an amazing idea as a business person. But to the to the advice from this mentor, um, Jim was telling me that there was this guy that was talking to him. And he said, you know, if you're young or even if you're not, the the, the principle of gaining wealth and gaining freedom lied in a pretty simple philosophy and business strategy. And this is it. Basically try to buy a house a year for 30 years. Now, if you haven't bought a house, that sounds like a huge, that doesn't sound possible. But once you buy the first house, that's the hard step. Every Every house after that gets easier, but the hard one to me was always the first house. That was the hard one, the scary one, and that's usually the one you live in. But basically, this guy bought a house a year for 30 years, and uh, he was telling this to a young guy, but at any point, you could start this because the whole in principle works the same, and maybe this is old news, too. Maybe I'm just hearing it, and everybody's like, yeah, that's old news, Stoner, but to me, it was sound, and I hadn't heard this particular strategy. But basically, then you start renting the houses out. You buy one a year, you rent them out, and then you also can use that leverage to you know, buy new houses. But then eventually, as the years go through, you start paying those houses off, and especially if you had like a 30-year mortgage. But after 30 years or whatever point you want to, start retiring, then you sell a house a year. 
and that house should have you know gained value and also um it also keeps up with inflation so you're you're basically having someone else pay for your retirement now you're working and you're taking the risk of course but i thought it was just an interesting thought process now you know you're going to have work and you're going to have renters and all that and maybe you hire a management company or whatever but with the philosophy of buying an asset for 30 years and then selling it for the final 30 years or however you want to stage it so that you're basically in and out of it and you've covered your retirement and you've worked about 30 years and you're done and not really worked. You just basically acquired things. I shouldn't say you you didn't work. Of course, you're going to work. But, you know, we talk a lot about buying assets versus liabilities. And I thought this was just a neat strategy. I mean, I, even at my stage of the game, I'm like, you know what? That's an easy idea, easy plan to do. And um, we bought a couple properties a couple years ago to put the chocolate company in in the Airbnb. Uh, I had bought a house a couple years a couple years before that. We're in the process of buying another building. But I, you know, for me, I think I'm going to deploy that strategy of trying to accumulate uh, basically a property a year. I'd never even thought of it. I kind of acquired it as I you know, as deals came through or as my life changed or I needed something different. But literally as a business asset acquirement strategy, one a year seems pretty doable, especially if you're, you know, renting them out and the and the economy doesn't change a bunch and, and uh, you, you know, you're, you're wise with your investments and you're making good ones. And maybe this isn't even podcast worthy, but I just like the idea so much that I wanted to put it out there into and hear what other people say about it. And maybe somebody people are doing that. But I just never thought about it. And I I wanted to get your thoughts on it. Because I told it to my daughter today. And it's just been burning in my head. So a lot of times that's what my podcast is. Just something that is burning in my head that I want to talk about. And here it is. So let me know your thoughts. My email is mark at markstoner.com. Tell me what your strategy is. Tell me what, you know. I'll tell you, my strategy has been to build, you know, my first business, my first true business, which is the chimney business. And then as it got to certain levels, keep letting it grow. And it's it's an asset that has value, but it also gives me a salary to run it and then also an owner's draw to own it. But then starting these other businesses, hopefully you are building an asset and when I watched the girl today talk about it on Facebook, her business isn't an asset yet. It's still a job. It's still very much a job for her. And her, she's questioning, why am I doing this? And when I looked at it, it's like, it's kind of like getting that first house and that second house and being scared, especially if your renter doesn't pay for a couple months. And you're like, you know, I jumped into this. Now I got two house payments and my one guy's not paying the rent. And that's scary. And then the second house isn't as scary, but you still got a lot on the line, especially if you lost two renters, you know, if you ran through COVID or something that was really hard. So I'm not saying this anything is foolproof, but everything is harder at first. Um, you know, the business is hard to get the first. You know, if you got four trucks running and you got two guys sick, you're you're 50% down. At our size of my company, you know, you lose a couple a couple trucks on a day that you know they're sick 
it's a small percentage of what we would bring in. So it's not nearly as hard. Same with this acquisition idea because, you know, if you have one renter out of 30 not paying, you still got you know, 29 paying and that one person, although you don't want it to happen, it's not such a big deal as it is at first. So everything, all these strategies, whether it's a, you know, and, and, and also if, if you're buying stocks and you just start buying stocks and you got money in one stock, and it goes down, that's a lot. But as you get more money and you get more diversified and uh, you know, you've been in the game longer, it's easier. And I think, you know, when I look at my demographic of who listens to this podcast, my biggest demographic is 24 to 35-year-olds. That is by far the biggest main part of the people who are listening to this podcast. And so I'm really talking to you about this strategy, not necessarily to the older people that listen, but the younger people, don't just put your strategy in your business. If you're in the chimney business or you're in any service business, don't make the mistake I did and put almost all of my time and effort into the one business. Again, it's just, I got to kind of chalk that up to, you do have to focus and get it going, but don't make it everything. Don't make your whole life strategy go into one thing diversify into some real estate and into some other things that are more asset building and asset buying whether it be stocks or cryptocurrency or investments of some type or real estate or even other businesses be careful on other businesses because they can really take your time and energy away different than investing in stocks or real estate would invest in stuff that's going to build but not take so much of your time. Like if you're in the service business, that thing takes a lot of time, but just, just have a different strategy. I wish I would have had this, you know, idea 20 years ago, which is always the case, right? The best time to, to, you know, to, if you wanted a tree to, to harvest it now, you know, the best time to, to have it, to harvest it would have been say 25 years ago. The second best time is today. So, that's all I've got right now on it, which is my second best chance, which is today. And I'm going to absolutely deploy that. So lastly, just to, to wrap up today, I wanted to talk about a sticker I saw on this boat ride out to the Great Blue Hole. And so I was on this boat for two and a half hours, and it was it's one of the things a lot of people said was bad about the trip. So a lot of people said the the blue hole wasn't that great. It was, it was just a checkoff dive for your life. If you're a scuba diver, you want to say you did it, but man, I'm telling you, they were wrong. It's that thing was epic. But on the way out, I saw the sticker and I took a picture of it. And if you follow me on Facebook, you probably saw me post it. And it said, "Live a great story." And I just, I got down. I took a picture of it with the sun behind it. And I thought that that was another neat guidepost that, you know, if you are, if you're healthy enough, if you have the means, if you have the talent to live a story that, that inspires others, you know, you need to, you need to do that because it helps so many people you don't even know it helps. And I was talking to Jim. And he has done so many amazing things in his life. I mean, so many amazing things. I said, man, you need to write this stuff down. And he's like, why? He's like, I, 
you know, I just do it because I, I was interested in it. I wanted to do it. I wanted to get that knowledge. And I said, but you can be so inspiring for others and you don't know it if you will tell your story. You've lived a great story, but also if no one knows it, um, you know, how can you, you could help so many people. And I'll never forget when I, Story Musgrave, who was the astronaut who fixed the space tele, the Hubble Space Telescope in orbit. It was, it was really famous when the, many years ago when the Hubble Space Telescope was launched, it was out of focus and they couldn't see anything. And they, they had the lens actually ground wrong and, and it was, everything was blurry. Well, Story Musgrave, if you ever want to see an amazing story, was the guy who went up, designed over 300 tools to get this thing, rode in the space shuttle, got out, got to the space telescope, and fixed it. Amazing story. And that that's just one thing of his life that he's done amazing. Look up his LinkedIn page, Story Musgrave, and look at all the accomplishments he has from he was a neurosurgeon, he was a military uh, tank driver, Army, Marines, he drove a tank. He uh, was a Di Disney Imagineer. He was an astronaut. He was a test pilot. I mean, it just goes on and on. It makes you feel lazy. And clearly the guy did it just for himself because he was interested and he had the opportunity and he took it. And he made his way like he, his story was he didn't even qualify to get into college. He just showed up. And somebody, he said, he showed up, I can't remember where he wanted to go, but he showed up and he goes, look, I'm here and I guarantee you somebody that was going to be allowed into this college is not going to show up and I want their, I want their place. He's a farm kid. He, he did not have a, any kind of pedigree, but the, uh, I think it was the Dean who really liked his story. He let him in. I, I'm probably butchering his story, but the, the truth is he just wanted something so bad that he was going to do whatever it took to get in. And it was his first step, his first step on the merry-go-round. And he just, he just wrote it for all it was worth. But so back to Jim, Jim has this amazing life that, uh, I, you know, I told him, I think you need to write it down. You've lived the life and let other people look back and say, I knew that guy. And that's amazing. And that inspires me to do something different. Today, he inspired me by telling me that story about a real estate deal, and I'm inspired. Maybe it inspired you, maybe, but your life can inspire your kids, your family, your friends, and crazy enough, even people you don't even know. And, and that's, to me, why we're here. Like, I don't know all the people that listen to this podcast. Sometimes I wonder if one person's listened to it, and then I look down and Thousands of people are listening to it and thousands of people, you know, it may be a little something I said helped them or changed them. And then they tell somebody else and my gosh, with as much negative crap there is in life all around us, just constantly wanting to beat us down. Why not be that, you know, that live a great story life and be the, you know, be the one against the negative, be the one against the crap, be the one that's impervious to it and and shows that there's there's really good people out there and things to be inspired because i'll tell you man recently you know i'm rainbows and unicorns but with as much crap as going on i'm tired of it and 
sometimes it's hard to have hope and faith that things are going to be better. This is probably the first time in history, and I think I mentioned it before, that I don't necessarily think that the future necessarily looks brighter for once. I always had that hope, but I'm not trying to cast doubt, but it's also made me want to plan more, want to be ready more, ready as much as I can, uh, you know, save more, also prepare better. And maybe I'm just getting older and a little, a little more paranoid, but you know, I, but, at the same time, I'm going to live my life and I'm going to tell you guys about it. And if it inspires somebody and helps somebody or helps somebody through a tough time or just get lifts, you know, lifts a cloud off of you or gives you an idea, that's, you know, that's what I'm here for. And you can be the same thing. And if you don't think you can be the same thing, I promise you, you're wrong. I was talking to a girl on this, on this long boat trip yesterday to the Blue Hole. And she she said she was a writer and that she was going to write a, a story about her life. And a lot of people say that like, oh, yeah, and, you know, but th- she had an amazing story. She was a she I guess she had a, you know, her she was a sperm donor kid, you know, so her biological father couldn't, uh, you know, they couldn't have make her mother pregnant. So they had a sperm donor that the sperm donor guy did not know any of the he did it just to make money right well come to find out when she did a, a 23 and me she has 33 siblings and you know half siblings from this guy and they found out about it and they all reached have reached back out to him and he's really welcoming he's super excited he's got 33 kids that he didn't have to raise and uh but I've said, that is an amazing story. And she's like, yeah, I don't know. I said, you, you need to write that. You need to talk about it. Well, come to find out this guy is going to do a podcast with, with some of his, you know, half kids that he never knew about their experience in their life. And I'm like, that is, she's like, I don't know if anybody would be interested in it. I said, you never know. I said, I think this is going to become, a, it's probably more common than you realize and a lot of people with this new genetics testing can find out things they didn't know before. And I think you definitely need to write this story. So, you know, what's your story? What's your, you know, what's your live a great life? And if you're not living a great life, do something about it. Tell somebody about something. Do something awesome. If nothing else, just, you know, in anonymity and help people and uh, and look for those opportunities to to be great. So. Guys, that's my my talk for the week. I'm totally through COVID, as you can tell, because I'm out of the country. They do have COVID testing on the way back. I think I'm going to be bulletproof. And uh, I'm looking for, forward to another week of diving. And I will keep the. I will be able to do this again next week. So I'll, I'll bring more stories next week. Hope you guys have a great week. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes or any place that you listen to podcasts. More information is also available at markstoner.com.